and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David? Yes. How are you doing, aside from feeling a little low? <laughs> uh, I am uh, I'm a little bit bummed out, um, but not uh, entirely. And weirdly, okay, so this, we are acknowledging up front, we are recording this. You're, you're hearing this weeks from now. Yes. For, for reasons that will Tune in for reasons that will become apparent later in the episode. Mm-hmm. We are recording this uh, uh, quite early, so this will yeah. this will be old news uh, by the time you hear this. But just yesterday, the day before we we're recording this, um, I was notified by the Toronto International Film Festival that I would be not, that I would not be granted accreditation uh, this year. Um, despite having been uh, having covered the festival in person for the last two years. And uh, I was, I was uh, bummed for uh, only kind of a, a, a few minutes before um, doing what I usually do when I'm miserable and checking into Twitter and realizing oh <laughs> does that help or is it just give uh, you uh, well in this case, it really helps because it okay. was a misery loves company thing. It turns out a lot of people, Hmm. Uh, we're, we're not, um, we're not being granted accreditation who had been in the past. Sometimes it's who, people who've gone as many as eight times in the past, uh, were not. And, um, uh, eventually, and there were some specific things. There were some very quickly, there were some things that made me more upset than my not going, which was that. Hmm. TIFF is one of the festivals like Sundance and probably some others uh, that in recent years have um, had diversity initiatives when it comes to press, when it comes to who uh, they, they grant um, credentials to. And in TIFF's case, I, I'm not sure if Sundance does this, so I don't want to say whether they do or not, but in TIFF's case, they would actually, in, in the uh, aims of increasing the, uh, the diversity of the, uh, of the press corps, would actually in some cases pay for travel and lodging. For, hmm. for people who, who couldn't have paid for it themselves. Um, and that's great. I'm glad they did that. Uh, it's really great. And then, but then seeing in my timeline, a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot of women, a lot of trans folks, a lot of people of color saying they were denied, it just seemed like it felt... It, the initial reaction first to my not being accredited, and then especially when I saw this, was this is a, you know this is a virtual festival. Like I, I assume be, that's would, the issue. Like, why would there be, it seems like you should like, you should be letting everyone like, uh, yeah. you don't have to like accommodate for, you don't have to account for like capacity, you know, um, uh, uh, you don't have to account for yeah, how many people can uh, walk up and down those endless staircases, the endless staircase of the Scotiabank uh, theater or the uh, ridiculous, staircases in the Scotiabank actual auditoriums. They're stadium seating auditoriums, Tyler. And they have yeah. this, they have this stair scheme in which they aren't like every few steps. One is like shorter than the rest. It's oh boy. It's really weird. I've tripped over it so many times. I remember <laughs> laughing with um, a friend of the show, Brent Simon, and who, who has been going for years, who was like, I've seen, uh, he was like, I've seen people drop cups of coffee i've seen people like <laughs> fall on their ass like in the years like people uh um anyway this is enough uh, about the scotia bank theater um but 
so that was my, my first reaction was like, why, you know, this seems like what I called it on Twitter. It seems like an unforced error, like to, mm-hmm. to suddenly like be like dialing back, see, or at least appearing to dial back your diversity initiative uh, at, at a time when it seems like you could be giving credentials to anyone. Uh, and then today, so the, that was yesterday. Today, Tiff came out uh, on Twitter, uh, probably elsewhere too, but I spend way too much of my time on Twitter. Um, uh, and, and sorry, Tyler, can you see this? <laughs> Is that dog? Yeah, checking sorry. things out. She, she's like, my dog is just staring at me like, Ooh. yeah, because this is not what I normally record, normally record. So she's very confused um, about whether or not it's safe to come into this room. Uh, anyway, um, they so they 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 made a statement, um, basically saying like they said normally they have as many as 1600 uh critics uh this year they're only allowing 500 uh to 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 get credentials and a lot of this apparently has to do with two things i would say one thing they're very upfront about which is the idea that being a virtual festival there are there are more potential concerns about piracy that was that was exactly what i thought it would be is that like there's more concern and in that situation like smaller like they may not they might not trust smaller outlets uh you know it's like they'll they'll trust you to to come in person and not pull out a camera and and film a movie but in a situation like this yeah i could see you know they i i see how they see us now I get, but isn't that, a, it's a little bit insulting, right? To it say is. like, yeah. isn't this what, like, we went through this application process. If you had concerns that, like, like why are you concerned that people you were otherwise approving as press yeah. are suddenly going to turn out to be, to be criminals? Like, what is happening in the application process that doesn't include some, some level of vetting or whatever, you know? Do you I mean, think they're, are they getting pressure from the studios, you think? This was my second point that okay. I was going to get to. And I'm not the first, I'm far from the first person to point this out. And especially by the time you're hearing this, who knows how many, how many weeks from now. Um, the, uh, so many movies play TIFF every year. Mm-hmm. So many movies. Um, uh, I remember saying it to my first year when I'd already been to, uh, at that point, I'd already been to three uh, Sundance film festivals and felt like I know what the big festival thing is. And then getting to TIFF and just being overwhelmed by how many people, how many movies, how many theaters um, there are. Uh, here, there's only 50 movies in the festival this year at all. And it seems like in term, and maybe this is a business business decision that makes sense in terms of keeping their profile up. They are prioritizing sort of the big ticket things you see at, or you read about out of TIFF are often, you know, last year was like, I don't know, um, a beautiful day in the neighborhood the year before mm-hmm. it was green book, you know, things that are already like studio movies that have release dates. Yeah, that just like, yeah. this is a part of the, the awards calendar that they release here. And it does seem like if you look at the movies, it does seem like they're kind of prioritizing things like that. Things that already have distribution. There are movies that I'm already getting press emails from about like November release dates that are having TIFF premieres. Um, and so it does well, seem like I imagine- maybe this is pressure from the studios to, to, to say like, uh, you know, we only need so much, 
exposure here. We need so much attention. We're not right. a little scrappy movie looking to 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 get a handful of reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Like this is this is more of an award season move for us and and maybe that is where they're getting the pressure from the studios to say we don't need every uh every tom yeah. dick and harry uh critic um to be to be seeing our movies and posting reviews because that, that's it that's all that's also kind of self uh policing at tiff is that the movies that i'm talking about are the movies that are the hardest to get into uh even for yeah. press a lot of the times you know there's there's only so many uh press tickets um uh, available and there are different levels of press um that are allowed to 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 get into them you know i was um and, and i mean last year i saw things like knives out and jojo rabbit that were i think were were this kind of uh mm-hmm. of thing but um i try to not do too much of that at, at tiff so um it does seem like in terms of that i all of this has made me feel much less crappy about being denied. In fact, that sure. I haven't, I haven't felt that in over 24 hours now. I'm, I'm, I've made my peace with that almost immediately. It makes me feel a bit more understanding of their move in general, if not necessarily approving of it. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's so with TIFF, like it's a virtual festival, but like, uh, I mean, I assume people can people pay to like watch the movies or is this like only, uh, only so, for critics? Like, do they um, get an all access? Can you buy an all access? That's a good question. That, that's a good question. Um, because I know something like, um, and we'll, we'll hopefully we'll learn very soon. Uh, and probably by the time you're hearing this, we probably already know yeah. uh, how AFI Fest is happening this year. Because AFI Docs, which happened earlier in the year, they did what you're talking about, a, a fully online uh, festival in which, in which movies were sort of... Um, uh, released by day, but then mm-hmm. once they were released, they were available to see for the duration of the festival. Yeah. Um, uh, and you could buy uh, screening, you could buy individual uh, codes to watch a single movie. You could buy like passes or whatever. Um, that might be how AFI does it this year. Toronto, because it's in Toronto, uh, mm-hmm. which is doing, a, you know, Canada in general, doing a much, much better job. Like, staggeringly better job if you look at the numbers between mm-hmm. canada uh, and, a, and a major city like toronto and a major uh, any major american city you, you feel uh, frankly a little embarrassed i think as an american to see how how poorly we've done with with covid because they've done so much better there actually is an in-person element to oh really to okay the festival this year there are going to be in-person screenings it's not the no no press is traveling there are no press screenings mm-hmm. it's it pretty much seems like it's just for torontonians i guess um uh so i don't know if that means it's just that in press or if there is some sort of uh a way to pay and see these movies uh, virtually um i actually haven't looked into that because i uh, until yesterday i kind of assumed i was going to be seeing uh movies as as press but we'll uh we'll see um and and lest anybody think i did want to mention this unless any anybody think that this is a uh a sour grape situation where david is like is saying like i want in it's not even that it's more just it's interesting to see uh the way that yes i see the dog it is adorable and she, <laughs> she is adorable pardon me she's adorable um, and she's um relaxing she's like okay david's not doing anything too crazy i can come lay on the yeah, on the couch this is the new this is the new normal i get it um <laughs> but uh i do think that it's 
whether it affects us or not, I do think that it's always interesting um, to explore the way that COVID and quarantine and all that has affected uh, the way we do our jobs, the way Hollywood works. Uh, and this is another one, which is, I mean, certainly, you know, so my documentary, Real Redemption, The Rise of Christian Cinema, has been uh, – has been accepted to multiple uh, film festivals, super low level film, you know, they're Christian film festivals. So even the biggest one only has a few thousand people go uh, when it's, when it's in person and they've all switched to, to virtual uh, film, uh, film fest situations. And who knows how many people are going to uh, get involved. And it is that past situation where a film, you know, would be screened and then, but the person has access to it for the whole weekend or whatever. Um, And so, yeah. Okay. These are, <laughs> it's smaller fest. It's a smaller festival with movies that if I'm being honest, and I say this as someone whose film is in the festival, aren't exactly, you know, people aren't uh, knocking down the doors to see them, you know, whereas something like <laughs> AFI You're not gonna fest buy or, a copy of real redemption, like on a blanket <laughs> outside the, the, the subway station. I mean, maybe, but I'd be me selling it. Um, <laughs> I just want to get people. I just want to get eyeballs, David. Um, but, uh, but no, when you get into something like TIFF or AFI Fest, um, but TIFF, I'd say especially because it is like sort of the official kicking off of Oscar season and you start to see like, yeah, people are getting, you know, studios and the festival get a lot more squeamish when it's like, oh, we're, we're literally putting people in a position to like have these in their home. And it's super easy, by the way, it's super easy to record these via Zoom like you can, or, or anything via zoom. Like I've had to do it for my, for my classes so that the students have access to a movie that they wouldn't have had access to otherwise, where I will just, I have to play it in its entirety on my computer while zooming with myself. I push record and I share my screen. Boom. I now have it. Hmm. Granted, it's not that it's not top quality or anything like that. So it is, it is very, uh, it's very possible for someone to, to, you know, steal these movies that haven't been released yet and probably won't be for a couple months. So I understand their, their reticence. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I do. It doesn't seem, it just seems like why, go, why go to the trouble of establishing yourself as a critic to the yeah. level at which a festival like TIFF would grant yeah credentials only to to do that i mean i i I understand like it only takes one idiot i guess but it just seems uh that that part is a little bit the sour grapes i'm a little bit uh at the idea that they think i'm gonna pirate uh movies (laughs) um but uh um no really i'm not i I, uh, overall i think that um this is just the way it is this year and i've been uh, I was assured that my not covering TIFF this year would have zero effect on my eligibility next year. Um, yeah. Because TIFF is a f- of the festivals that I cover, TIFF like really does seem to prize like past years. Mm-hmm. Um, um, in fact, TIFF, uh, unlike Sundance, TIFF actually requires credentialed critics to post fest, like by a certain date, sure. submit all of their coverage to prove they, they covered it. Sundance doesn't do that. That's a, um, uh, that, that's one, uh, 
particularly the thing about Tiff that I actually kind of uh, honestly, as someone who does the work, who goes and like writes the shit yeah. out of some reviews while I'm there, I'm glad that I get to say, "Oh, see." <laughs> it's yeah, well, and it's also nice. Uh, to have a level of accountability, uh, just it's <laughs> yeah. as much as I, as much as I don't want that. I also recognize that it's kind of the only way for me to, you know, uh, get my ass in gear and get stuff done. So, um, uh, so this is about, uh, so I guess all of this was to, uh, this is less about sour grapes and more about finding this to be a really interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. And also to point out some of the, some of the things when it comes to the diversity initiative that I think they, they kind of, uh, stuck the foot in the, in the mouths a little bit, but, um, I understand that Tiff is between the between a rock and a hard place on this, uh, and to their credit, there have been they clearly listened. That's why they posted the thing today. And mm-hmm. anecdotally, at least a couple of of uh, of critics that I follow, both uh, women of color, um, got emails today saying, "Our bad, you actually are, are going to be uh, right. uh, accredited." So, I guess uh, good for Tiff for 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 listening uh, mm-hmm. to people's. Um, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say complaints because that makes it seem, sound petty. Uh, grievances? Is that less Gr- petty? Uh, hmm. I think so. Grievance sounds, you know, it sounds like, well, it sounds like a grievous situation. A complaint is like, I'm not happy. Which is, I assume is the tone that you, uh, you know, if you wrote yeah. in saying like, hey, are you sure? I'm sure it would seem like that. Um Anyway, but, uh, you know what I don't have any complaints about? What's that? Are my tweakedaudio.com earbuds that I'm wearing and using right now as we speak. Uh, they're available. The tweakedaudio.com, you see, is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Today I was listening to, I, I continue to be astounded at um, how good a musician and songwriter and singer tim heidecker is i don't know if you've ever listened to any of his music uh he's put out i've, I've listened to like his his point. fake music yes he's done fake music yeah. but no he's put out a couple like at least one real album uh that i think was called in glendale and then he uh released a new single off of what i guess is going to be an upcoming album um uh i don't know what the album's gonna be called but the single is called nothing that i was just listening to uh this morning um and it's a partnership with the um singer songwriter who goes by the name wise blood um and it's a really great, very Tim Heidecker in the sense that it's sort of like he does this sort of like uh, like AM radio type of like, you know, uh, jangly pop type uh, <laughs> music. But it's about like the, the, the nothing, the nothing of the title is about his atheism and about his belief that there is nothing that happens when we die, that it's that, that that's that's what death is. And that's what's waiting for all of us. And yet it's kind of a but the song itself, like that that's funny that he's do, like, or it's ironic that he's doing kind of like a, a, a poppy acoustic guitar song about this subject, but the song itself is not a joke. It's like a good joke. And it's actually very emotional at the same sure. time or a good song. And it's very emotional at the same time. And I continue to be like Tim Heidecker is someone who like is on the one hand, he's always him. <laughs> He's like one yeah. of these great, like, uh, uh, leading man type actors in a way in which, like, y- you go to see a movie that has, I don't know, um, I'm trying to think of uh, a- a- an example. Like, you go to see Denzel because you want to see Denzel. Sure. Denzel, right? Sure. But also, he's a great actor and he, and he fits himself into all of the different characters that he plays uh, in really seamless ways. And that's kind of what Tim Heidecker is for me, is that he's... he's he, he, 
like you're never going to see or hear Tim Heidecker and go, oh, I didn't realize that was Tim Heidecker. Like it's always very right, yeah. clearly him. And yet his his thing, his persona is and his talents are so malleable. Uh, it's often uh, surprising to me. And he's he's become someone that I'm like, I'm always going to be interested in what Tim Heidecker is up to. I think he's a, a, a genuine genius. Uh, just his ability, just the stuff that interests him and his ability to fully realize that. And I think it's safe to say fully commit to it uh, <laughs> is, is astonishing to me. And the, the realization is like, okay, well, people who like this, they'll find it. Uh, yeah. This is certainly not going to appeal to a, a mass audience. Um, and there are, and when he's making fun of something, there are usually like two or three layers to that, to that criticism. Um, and I'll say like, <laughs> he's so good at like, I'm thinking in, in particular, like on cinema at the cinema uh, where like, even when he's passionate, he's so good. He just, he can make his eyes dull and lifeless, like a sociopath, (laughs) (laughs) which the character kind of is, but like, you know what I mean? Like whether he's yelling or just talking, like his eyes, there's just like nothing there, but I've seen him do things where, yeah, he can, he can change that. So it's like, he's playing the character of Tim Heidecker, a sociopath who just has no passion for anything, but is a total nihilist, uh, sorry, narcissist and nihilist, I guess. Um, and yeah, man, it's it's always a pleasure, an awkward pleasure to watch him work. But also, if you like, imagine you like you, you go to your uh, significant other's like cousin's wedding with them, and you meet like mm-hmm. some some like suburban uncle of theirs you've never met, sure. who just completely like you know blends into the scenery. Tim Heidecker also has that oh, yeah. at the same yeah. time. Which is so uh, anyway, this isn't an ad for Tim Heidecker and, and how much of a genius he is. It's an ad for tweakedaudio.com earbuds. His new songs sound great at my tweakedaudio.com earbuds that are available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tyler? Yes. Let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. Let's get into it, shall we? I hey. said it twice. Yeah. What, because of one, of them you should, one of them, though, you should have said, like, really nice, and the other one really mean. Oh, sure. Because uh, yeah. that's usually how this works. Uh, you know, maybe that's not true. Uh, yeah, so today we're talking about uh, depictions of twins uh, in movies. And this is something that is always interesting for me, just as I think it's always interesting for an actor, because it gives you the opportunity to uh, sort of explore ver- uh, what could be seen as the same character, but with noted variations. Uh, and obviously it's a challenge because you're acting opposite yourself but you're not actually doing that um 
And so as I was looking, as I was looking up movies, either about twins or that feature twins, um, I was surprised how many there were, though I'm not surprised to see that most of them have been in the last 30 to 40 years when like the technology uh, to have characters, you know, side by side or whatever uh, has really improved. So it sounds like you focused a lot on identical twins. Um, uh, mostly yes which I didn't really think to do I mean I definitely have some identical twins uh, in here and I want to say I have, I have a few I, fraternal as well I, I want to say I want to say there are movies where so we're talking about identical twins we're not talking about doppelgangers because I'm thinking about like <laughs> right like enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal they're not playing he's not playing twins correct he's playing his own doppelganger and then I couldn't remember because it's been so long since I've seen it in Bowfinger they're not twins right they're just two people I believe they I believe it is revealed at oh. the very end that the dorky uh that I think his name is I think he goes by Jif <laughs> okay and he goes he goes I don't see what the big deal is I mean he is my brother like he just throws it out there like it's like Oh, he could have probably gotten them a, a line into the other Eddie Murphy characters. So like it's it's thrown out there kind of as okay. a punchline. But yes, they are that. Okay, so that that is a, okay. So I was yeah. trying but to think Dave, about Dave. Dave is not uh, about right, twins. Dave. You know, um, that's a doppelganger is, situation. Okay, well, it, okay, two things. Um, the other example I was going to think of with uh, uh, doppelgangers is um, Mel Brooks's History of the World Part One, which has sure. the Prince and the Popper uh, yeah. uh, riff, but. Um, uh, one I didn't put on my list that you're already making me think of is sort of uh, 90s, you know, uh, mid-budget uh, comedies um, is multiplicity about twins. It's about I clones. Don't, it's about clones. Uh, no, I thought about that. And uh, no, I'm, I'm perfectly willing to put that down as, as just clones. So then do you want to start with movies where one actor plays both twins is that sure. what you wanted That's which you is wanted certainly which is certainly most of these okay, um see, I, I i think i only did a few of those oh that's interesting i mean i've got yeah i've got many um the the one i think about first is usually uh dead ringers uh starring jeremy irons uh with it's boy what a wonderful couple of performances and it's the kind of thing that you might expect for a movie for uh, about identical twins is that like oh they're actually quite different one of them is very sort of prissy and neat and uh you know uh, sticks to the rules and all that whereas the other is is a little bit brash and what i find interesting is that as the film goes on and these two characters who seem to have the philosophy that whatever happens to one should happen to the other um And so as they get involved in like drug addiction and they seem to like will themselves into getting into becoming more and more insane. And then by the end of the film, it's, it's such a brilliant choice. He's giving the same, the exact same Mm -hmm. performance twice. So like, which means that over the course of the film, he is, it's not like it's an overnight thing. He has to change both of these characters uh, progressively. And then by the end you realize, okay, they're just, 
the same person, but there are two of them. And uh, it's a, it's a marvelous performance that he wasn't nominated for, but the next year he won best actor for reversal of fortune. And in his speech, he literally said, he goes, I think a lot of you will know what I mean when I say, I want to thank David Cronenberg. Like, and certainly people cheered. They knew exactly what he meant uh, that, that his, as great as his performance in reversal of fortune is that, his lack of nomination for this other movie definitely played into it. Um, but yeah, so I usually dead ringers and then adaptation are the first, the movies I think of first when it comes okay. to like identical twins. Well, you've got, uh, in that case, the thing about dead ringers is that why it's so perfect. And maybe the best example of one person playing uh, two twins is because he doesn't play them as the same person until the end. Like, mm-hmm. but he also doesn't like accentuate their, their differences like right. um in um what was the thing you just said uh adaptation uh, in adaptation like you're not going to confuse the two for each other they're very different yeah. characters and same with uh, the i did mention i put adaptation on my list but i also put um legend with with tom hardy sure. that's another one where it's like you never there's not going to be a moment where you're confused about now which twin am i watching like it's yeah. very clear um whereas the performance in dead ringers recognizes the and this this you'll understand that i mean imagine if you are a twin you'd understand it but if you've ever been friends with twins you'll see this mm-hmm. that they are yes they're alike in a lot of ways or or you know they have the differences but they're alike too and, and you can you know if you're friends with twins long enough even who are identical twins you'll get to the point where you will recognize which one you're looking at oh 100 percent like based, we, based we went very to subtle things. We went to school with, uh, with uh, a couple of twins, Brian and Michael Hogan, and they were identical. And yet just in the way they carried themselves, you kind of had to, you had to get to know them, but in the way they carried themselves, you're like, okay, yeah, I definitely can tell which is which. Um, and yeah. And so the idea of not just playing them is completely different, but it's like, of course they're going to have shared traits, you know, not like, just brothers or siblings in general are going to have similar traits and mannerisms and stuff. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is two very nuanced layered performances mm-hmm. by Jeremy Irons, as opposed to something like adaptation, which is a movie I like more than you do, but I do think Nicholas Cage is doing great stuff and recognizing that the film is, is very abstract. It doesn't necessarily have to be a hundred percent realistic. Um, and it is notable that, even when like when the two characters are just like sitting uh, near each other, but they're not talking, they still dress the same and they still look the same, but you just with that. And it's not like one character is just slouching the whole time, just in the slightest, in the slightest physicality, you can absolutely tell who is Charlie and who is Donald. Um, And, uh, and I really do enjoy that performance of his. I'm realizing I had more. I'm, I had more examples than I thought of of two of one actor playing two roles. Um, okay. Probably the first one that came to mind for me was Army Hammer in The Social sure. Network. Um, even though I don't know that I really uh, uh, can tell them uh, apart. Maybe if I watched it again, it's been a while since I watched it. But there's a reason that you know he refers to them as the Wicklevi. They're like yeah. they are one organism in a way. Yeah. It's like, oh, you've got Aaron Sorkin writing for twins. Yeah, they're not going to sound different. (laughs) Um, Although it's interesting because while he does give, obviously, two different like facial and vocal performances, Josh Pence uh, is the is the 
physical form of one of them. Oh, right. Um, they just, so it wasn't, uh, you know, they shot one and then they went back and shot, uh, shot it. Uh, shot him and then they put them together they put his face on jo- i think it's josh pence uh on his on his body um but yes uh it, it re- that one especially it's like it, i don't blame army hammer like i've seen interviews with the winklevi and it's like uh, they're pretty close uh and it's such a you know i i don't know what it's like to be a twin and obviously I imagine that you're probably, you probably are going to think in terms of one another quite a bit, but there is a line in the social network that is both a good line. And one that I imagine if I were a twin, I'd probably have a problem with. And it's when he says, you know, I'm six foot five, two twenty, And there are two of me. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, that feels like something written by someone who considers twins a novelty yeah. uh, as opposed yeah. to someone who's lived this their entire life. It's a good line though. Um, uh, so I have, okay. I want to have more, but there's an interesting thing I'm realizing looking at my list. I want to get into, I very much want to get into, um, twins who are, uh, different genders, which is a, there's a lot of sure. depictions of that. And that's uh, partially because I have a little, uh, uh, nephew and niece who, uh, who are, who are twins mm. and, uh, they're, they're delightful. Um, and the way that they, they're not like talking yet, but the way that they like talk to each other is so cute to watch. They already like uh, have their own world. Uh, I want to get into that, but I'm realizing there are very few, even though it's not at all, uh, it's not especially uncommon in the real world to have twins who are the same, born the same gender or assigned the same gender at birth, um, but are not identical. Mm -hmm. But that's, um, uh, that's pretty rare in movies. Have. Yeah, I think I think just from a shorthand, it's like okay, either it'll be identical, same gender, or a boy and a girl, because otherwise it's like, well, now it's just two just two guys hanging yeah. out that are the I'm same trying, age. So I'm trying to think examples of where they actually did do that. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time, The Young Girls of Rochefort, um, mm. got two two twins right. uh, uh, who are who are different uh, actors, and then I'm thinking of movies. In which, and this is almost a subcategory of its own, which is the conjoined twins, uh, sure. who, who become separated often. They're stuck on you and sisters. Yeah, uh, and uh, twin sisters. Twin Falls, Idaho. Are they not identical? Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. They are identical. Okay, okay. I, was I was just thinking think about think the of, conjoined things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of non-identical uh, twins. So the you know, um, I've never seen Stuck on You. I is remember it, thinking it was funny at the time. I Cher, think I will. Uh, maybe. Cher is in it. Um, <laughs> uh, the, I like, I'm a big fan of Greg Kinnear in general. Sure. I like physical comedy because I'm uh, a child at heart, I guess. Yeah. And some of the funniest stuff is the scenes right after they're separated in mm. which they realize like they don't know how to move around because they're so used to being attached to the other person. Sure. And there's, there's just like multiple shots of just Greg Kinnear falling down. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're very funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So, uh, but let's get back into the same actor. Yeah. Playing, playing both. Yeah. In, I have uh, several, I have many more. Like there are a lot of these. Yeah. Well, let's get into comedy. Or sure. quote unquote comedy with Jack and Jill. Um, I, I didn't see it, but go right ahead. I don't have anything else to say. Just okay. that Adam Sandler is playing. He's playing the late uh, career Adam Sandler role, which is like 
basically a version of himself. He gets to yeah. like wear cargo shorts and have a hot wife <laughs> exactly. or whatever. That's what he does in all his movies. And yeah. then he plays the big like comic character who's so gratingly obnoxious. It does make one wonder. And I say this as someone who's not seen the film, but I've seen the trailer and I've seen various like video reviews of it. So I'm not going to act as though I've seen the whole thing, but I have seen enough to see the kind of performance he's giving as Jill. And it's like, look, I realize they're going to, they're not going to be completely identical uh, in mannerism, but how is it that one wound up being this huge, one could say stereotype and the other is just a guy. It seems unlikely to me. Um, Yeah. Well, uh, um, as much of a, self-parody as he's as as armand white has become he actually had some really interesting ideas about the 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 movies he sure the did explore exploring sort of like um uh what sort of like i'm looking for like internalized internalized uh, subconscious yeah 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 uh really interesting but uh better a much better comedy much more underrated comedy and one of the earliest people who listen to the movie journal know that my uh my wife has an ongoing project of turning me on to the movies that she loved when she was a kid one of the earliest pre-quarantine versions of this was uh the great big business from 1988 i think in which do you know the premise of big business uh no i don't well although you you talked about it on the movie journal but i don't remember i mean years ago this was years ago yeah so uh bet midler and lily tomlin play two sets of twins except what happens with they were born in the countryside one to you know poor farmer parents one to uh rich parents who have to be vacationing right and then two of them got switched so one set bet midler and lily tomlin grow up on a farm and one set Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin grew up in penthouses in Manhattan or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's not until they're, you know, 1988 Bette Midler, Lily Tomlin's age that they find out the others exist. The first time the small town sisters uh, go to the, the, the city, I, I guess is when yeah. they find out. So this is a, a situation in which they think they are non-identical twins of the same gender, but actually they are identical twins. They're just mismatched. If that yeah. makes sense. Hmm. Um, uh, it's a very funny farce. It's um, uh, directed by Jim Abrahams, um, you know, of uh, Airplane and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's got a terrific cast of Fred Ward and Edward Herman um, and, uh, uh, oh, Michael Gross. I forgot he was in it. Um, uh, I think that's a very, very fun movie. It also, like... Uh, <laughs> Do you ever watch uh, watch a movie from a certain, however many, a certain number of years ago, in which something comes up that you're like expecting to be like, oh shit, this movie's going to get real problematic, and then sure. you like, so and then you end up like, you're sort of on the edge of your seat, of like, oh, how bad is this going to get? And then weirdly, it's like, oh, oh, it, it, it's okay. So like, uh, Edward Herman's character is clearly coded as gay in the movie. Sure. And the movie comes so close on so many different occasions to being like a uh, like the way Crocodile Dundee treated sure. like a, a, a trans person. Like there's so many times that I'm like, oh shit, this is going to be uncomfortable, and it never goes there. And I'm like, it's, it's so happy that uh, you know some movies uh, can actually hold up. I guess um, it's interesting when you see which ones it is, where it's like, who would have thought Big Business would yeah. have, have it all worked out? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Or, I mean, like, and sometimes like, you know, I remember the episode uh, on the subject of depictions of uh, homophobia, um, the episode of cheers where, where Norman, where Cliff and Norm are worried that cheers is starting to turn into a gay bar. Sure. Cause like some gay guys keep hanging out there. That's an episode that like at the end of the 24, 23, 24 minutes, the episode is definitely in the, in the right place. I think morally, you know, but it, it goes through a number of like jokes that haven't aged well before it gets sure. there. Uh, it's, it's like, and so at the end of the day, you're like, okay, okay. You got there, but it's, it's not the most fun episode to watch anymore. Um, all right. So keeping with, uh, comedy and well, speaking of two sets of twins, you've done the parent trap twice That's with, right, uh, yes. with Haley Mills. Is that Haley Mills? I think Haley Mills. And of course, uh, Lindsay Lohan, mm-hmm. um, both of them, very good movies. Uh, I would say I, uh, I saw, I saw, I watched the, the original parent trap a lot as a, as a kid. It was like at that age when I was just sort of starting to become like to realize that I liked girls. And so Haley Mills was weirdly like an early crush. Uh, Interesting for me, even though she's obviously in real life, she's considerably older than I am, but right. she would in the movie, she was like the age that I was when I was watching the movie yeah. uh, or maybe just a little bit older. Um, uh, and, and so I, yeah, I watched the parent trap a lot. I've only seen the newer one, probably one and a half times, but it's also quite good and very charming. I've uh, only seen the, the older one and, uh, it's, it's funny. It's one of those movies like the man, those live action Disney movies of like the sixties and seventies, super long. Like the original parent traps, like two hours and 15 minutes or something like that. <laughs> it's crazy. What year is that? Like uh, it, you know what? It might, it might actually be in the fifties. I'm not a hundred percent, but, uh, but yeah, it was such oh, a, no, it's look. not a, th- like they really took their time with it. If I'm, if I'm thinking of the right film, it might be a different 61. One. Okay. 61. Yeah. It's two hours and 10 minutes long. Uh, it, yeah, I guess maybe they were going for that. Like, uh, you know, six early sixties, it's probably like a widescreen, like, you know, studios are trying to make movies sure. going like such a big event to sure. compete with television at the time. So bloated run times were sure. kind of part of it, but I don't think parent trap feels bloated. Um, again, I haven't seen the original in a long time, but I watched it a lot as a kid. Um, what else do I have in terms of comedy? This one's speaking of older movies, this one's technically revealing that it's about twins is a minor spoiler, but you will like the movie anyway, if you haven't seen it. And that's the Palm beach story which is the, I have um, not seen it. Um, is that Preston Sturge? Is a Preston Sturges movie? Um, am I right about that? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Preston Sturges movie, okay. the Palm beach story. So yeah, I, I don't want to go too far into detail because like I said, revealing that it's about twins is a minor spoiler, but it's not, it's not actually that big a part of, of the movie. It just doesn't come to late. The movie. Um, did you ever see uh, leaves of grass? I never did. No. It's pretty good. Um, it's and it's Edward Norton who has been, for the better part of his career, fascinated with duality. So it seems only a matter of time that he would play twins. Um, similarly, it was only a matter of time before he played uh, the Incredible Hulk. It's it, his career is interesting to me. But anyway, um, and this one, like he does a great job, but it's it's very much that adaptation thing where they are so different. And you know what? I think they're even different in appearance. I think one has like long hair and kind of is kind of a slob and the other is, is very clean cut and all that. Um, good performance. And he has really good chemistry with himself. I believe that they're brothers, you know, and they have that kind of shorthand. Um, 
but yeah, I, I remember seeing it and thinking it was pretty good. I couldn't tell you much about it beyond just his performance. Um, I don't really remember what it was about, but, uh, but I remember liking it. Uh, last one for me on the list of comedies where the same actor plays both roles. And this is one I, in doing research, I had completely forgotten about this part of the plot. But in The Cable Guy, Ben Stiller plays twins. Oh, that's right. Because it's like the Menendez brothers, yeah. right? Yeah, there's like a whole like tabloid like backstory. He's mostly playing the one character. I think you only see the other twin like on TV. Mm-hmm. It's been so long since I've seen it. I can't remember if you actually like see, quote unquote, in person Ben Stiller yeah. play both roles. But um, that's I had completely forgotten <laughs> that they were that, that, that part of the, of the subplot, but thought it was worth mentioning. Um, uh, do you have any other like sort of subcategories? I really want to get into the the uh, boy girl. Uh, okay, I do have. Uh, let's see, I do have a couple of subcategories. Um, well, you know what? First, before I before I get there, I'll mention um, the idea of. Yeah, just I'll just further explore the idea of like one actor playing two roles. So uh, the Jean-Claude Van Damme vehicle, Double Impact. Never saw it. I saw it when I was very young. Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say I wouldn't like it. Uh, the Man in the Iron Mask. Uh, you know, you feature. Yeah, on my uh, list here, yeah. Uh, the Prestige, which is a spoiler, by the way. Sorry, everyone. That is, that's also um, a spoiler, yeah. Yeah, uh, where it's revealed to be twins. But what's interesting, and once, once you see that, it, you know, you go back and you, and you rethink all the different ways you've seen this, what you thought was one character and you seem like, Oh, and you realize like, Oh, okay. I see. He had moments of like being up and down and all that. Um, and it's, and it's interesting, but you never really see the characters to, together. It's more just a knowledge you have uh, about them. And uh, I think it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good reveal. Um, let's see. Uh, so I did want to mention here's uh it's just at the moment, it's a category that is, it's a subcategory that I can only think of two movies for. Oh, you know what? But there is a third, but I haven't seen it. And it is the idea of the, uh, the sort of, it could be like an action movie or a spy thriller or something like that, where, uh, someone gets brought in, uh, to help with an organization because they're usually twin identical twin brother, uh, has died and they need someone that looks just like him. I didn't see bad Bad company Company is bad company is the first one I think of with Chris Rock and Anthony Hopkins It's terrible, but yeah. Uh, Uh, I want, I recently rewatched Eagle eye and that's another situation where he gets brought in because his brother, they need like a facial recognition thing because his brother was the only one with access to this and then died. Uh, Avatar is another one, actually. Uh, oh, that's right. The Jake Sully character. You know, it's it. It's such a specific story point, but it clearly has been used uh, before. Um, and in yeah. its, I mean, I guess in that in its own way, I mean, that's sort of what Bowfinger is about. Although they don't know they're twins, which is we need a double. Yeah. Um, and so, and then I guess there's the movie, the double, but that's kind of like uh, enemy. Um, okay, I don't think they're actually brothers. But, I feel uh, bad for saying that company is terrible because it's directed by the late, great Joel Schumacher. Uh, mm. But I do. I remember thinking it was just not very good at all. He was, I he didn't have a perfect he, he's late. Yeah. He's yeah. late and not always great. I think it's safe to say that. <laughs> 
Um, uh, and then I also uh, briefly, uh, I can only mention the Polish brothers. Uh, they show up in The Good Thief. They show up in Twin Falls, Idaho. They're actual twins. Uh, and so and they, they directed Twin Falls, Idaho. Yes, right? they did. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, as far as iconic identical twins, although this is not a situation where like it's one person, you have the little girls from The Shining. Okay, yeah, you're getting ahead of me because I, I want okay, to mention so. a couple other. Uh, technically, Jack and Jill was not the first time that Zed Sandler played twins. He also voices a set of twins in Eight Crazy Nights. Oh, okay. Um, and also, there's a there's a movie from 2012, uh, an indie movie called Jack and Diane that. Uh, um, uh, has to be seen to be believed, but doesn't has to be have to be seen. Uh, in which Juno, Juno <laughs> Temple plays twins. Um, but yes, yeah, so actual twins playing twins is The Shining you, you mentioned, yeah. um, and I believe is also the case in Harry Potter, right? The, oh yes, of course, the, absolutely. The Weasleys are are actual twins playing twins. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I, I'm frustrated now because I completely forgot there will be blood is a situation where one actor plays two twins, even though we see one uh, in only one scene and then we see his brother uh, and it just. It, yeah, that's true. I mean, everyone, including their own families, uh, understands that there are two of them, but you do start to wonder if it's if if he's just trying to put one over on you or something like that, it's very strange yeah, yeah. trying to do his own like good cop, bad cop. It's hard to say, but uh, anyway. Okay. Uh, but yeah, as far as, I mean, certainly I'll say this, uh, Sean and something, uh, I know Sean Ashmore. I don't remember his brother's name, but his brother is also an actor. And I don't think they've ever played twins, but oh, like in Jason and Jeremy London, right? Yes. Or, yes. Yeah. Um, and in, uh, and I guess uh, Cole and Dylan Sprouse, they're, they're twins okay. as well. Um, but I know that in X-Men, you know, you have a character who's a shapeshifter. And so she uh, takes the, 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 the shape of Iceman. And so there's a moment where you see one walk by and then the other uh, comes out of the elevator or something like that. And it's not a trick. It's just like, well, we've got this. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a um, there's a whole episode of Buffy in which uh, Xander gets hit with a spell that sort of separates his personality into his like best traits and worst traits. Mm. And and Nicholas Brendan, the actor, um, has a twin in real life, and so whenever oh. they needed like another person in the room, they just had him had him play. Most of the time, it's Nicholas Brendan playing both, you know, uh, both sides. But whenever they actually needed to be on screen together, they they just yeah. cast his twin, who's a non actor. Uh, yeah, that does happen a lot. I remember I, I went down a little rabbit hole uh, a while back of like looking up, uh, uh, you know, actors and then their like non famous twin who often will get called in for some reason or another. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay, so you let's see. So I think uh, I'm trying to think. I what think else I've I, covered everything. What else did I have on here? Um, as far as I guess that's it for actual twins i'm trying to remember it's been so long since i've seen big fish i know there's a set of there's conjoined twins in that movie sure i don't i don't remember who the actors who who play them right. um so i couldn't tell you although there was also um we don't we're not really getting into tv but there was a whole season of american horror story in which sarah paulson played conjoined uh hmm. twins um all right so let's get into one of my favorite things is um uh uh yeah the brother and sister twins thing partially because mm -hmm. that's my my niece and nephew uh partially because i've 
this is me getting a little bit personal on the show. I've talked about this with my wife, uh, that sometimes I wish I were closer to my siblings than I am. Mm -hmm. Um, like I like my siblings, we get along, but like, we're not in each other's lives as much as sometimes I wish we were. And, um, so sometimes I have a pang when I see siblings on screen for some reason it happens, especially when they're, uh, brother and sister, um, it, uh, uh, it it makes me feel a little. I always like it, but it's also a little twinge of sadness. I was thinking very recently. Not I keep t- talking about TV, but uh, Natalie and I watched both seasons of the uh, tragically canceled uh, Lodge Forty Nine, in which Wyatt Russell and Sonia Cassidy play uh, play twins. And there there are long stretches of the show in which you might completely forget that they're that they're that they're twins, but they'll do little things. And the show, to its credit, never really like laid it on too thick. But there'll be little things where they're like. They're at her apartment and like sitting on they mix cocktails and they're watching TV together and they both like squeeze a bit of lime into their cocktail in, like the same way without uh, w- without like acknowledging it or the show even really acknowledging it. There were things uh, things like that that I that I always liked. But there's a lot of movies um, uh, in which it, it, in, in which uh, uh, a man and a woman play uh, play twins. Um, you know, non-identical twins, obviously, including, I completely forgot about this until researching for this episode. Uh, the fact that Ben Affleck and Carrie Coon in Gone Girl are supposed to be twins. Oh, I, I don't think I realized that. I had completely forgotten about that, uh, that, that element of it. Um, there's also, of course, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, um, in which you've got, uh, um, Elizabeth Olsen, who's, uh, coincidentally the younger sister of a very famous pair of yeah. and yeah. uh so i was stalling to try and remember the guy's name and i couldn't get to it uh, aaron taylor johnson aaron taylor johnson who play who's uh, uh i feel like they don't uh <laughs> like it's and not that i paid i there's like huge parts of the mcu that i missed but it feels weird how he's never brought up like in subsequent mcu movies right uh i think there is uh I forget exactly where, but I think uh, the Scarlet Witch character, I think she mentions uh, the loss um, in, in later films. But it just seems Um, like, uh, again, from what I've seen, it seems like once he was gone, they paired her up with vision and then like, that's her partner in life now. And it seems like uh, she lost a twin. Like that should be, (laughs) I feel like that should be more devastating. Well, I can understand why, uh, from from a larger standpoint, I can understand why they would want to downplay the existence of Quicksilver in the MCU because at the oh. time Fox was a separate entity and was by all accounts doing Quicksilver better with uh, Evan Peters. And so, uh, yeah, Speaking by American horror story. Yeah. Uh, and so by, of course they need to introduce the, the twins in the world of the Avengers cause they are a big deal, but it's like, Hey, how can we establish that Ultron is like a full, uh, a threat? How can we lose someone? It's like, we got it. It's perfect. Cause it was like the only two characters that were shared as far as copyright, because they were the children of Magneto, but they were on the Avengers. So both studios had it. And, uh, but clearly one was kind of doing it better, but um, anyway. Well, speaking of uh, people from the MCU, Jeremy Renner, played uh one half of a brother sister twin team in the highly underrated right Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Um, which I still a, haven't seen. A super and... fun movie in which he and Gemma Arterton, I think, mm-hmm. um uh play Hansel unlike the earlier earlier this year Gretel and Hansel um in which there's a, a very 
the, their difference in age is a big part of the story yeah. that, that she's considerably older. Uh, I'm not sure in traditional Gretel and Hansel, does it ever, or Hansel and Gretel, are they supposed to be twins? Does it ever make, I'm trying to think of the actual like fairy tale or whatever, if it's, if it's ever made a, a point of who's older or if they're just, you know what? I don't think I've, I don't think I ever uh, knew, but certainly I've seen various like illustrations of Hansel and Gretel and they look the same except one's a girl and one's a boy but they had like the same color hair they're wearing similar type uh, outfits um but yeah i don't know if that's ever been an official part of it um but uh yeah that's a that's a super fun uh, movie that um at the time got made fun of for a lot of the things that actually make it great which is mm. it's sort of like intentional anachronism uh in its sense of humor it's not just like i think i think it was sold as uh like a uh super like uh hip you know action update like a cool update of the hansel and gretel mythology and it is that but it's also like a uh uh, an action comedy in a lot of ways and i don't think people sometimes i feel like people get too invested in how a movie is marketed and then only uh engage with it on those terms do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, so I'm, uh, my semester has started. And so in talking about like the introductory stuff, I talk about like, you know, what is, what, what makes up our opinion of a movie and it's expectation, interpretation, and assessment. Like that's kind of the three that I come up with. Um, and expectation is any number of things. It's, it could be, you saw the trailer, you saw that. It's like, and that's the thing that while you can never fully take it remove it the marketing especially is the first thing you should put to the side um because it's especially if it's if it's a film that might be a little bit more offbeat than like what you're seeing is what the studio thought would sell best uh and maybe it will maybe the maybe the best stuff sells the best although that's not usually true um and in, in, in doing so, you get movies that are actually pretty good, like Adventureland or Mother, um, that uh, people hate because it wasn't <laughs> what it was marketed as. Um, anyway. Uh, okay. So now there is obviously a, a, a brother and sister situation that, you know, they make a big deal of it in the series, but it's not really done. They don't really do much with it. And that is uh, uh, Luke Skywalker and leia like they are twins see i was gonna say there is one i I had two left on my list oh i'm sorry one of which i wasn't gonna bring up because i made a resolution not to bring it up so i was hoping you'd get there well you're welcome yeah um thank you yeah and it's it's one that obviously it plays a, a slightly larger role in the in the prequels or at least the revenge of the sith because natalie portman gives birth to twins um but yeah and it is interesting what? What are you smiling about? Uh, nothing. Well, I'll tell you when we get, uh, once we're past Star Wars. Oh, okay. <laughs> once we get the unpleasantness out of the way. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, uh, but it is interesting that like, it's not really revealed that they're twins until Return of the Jedi. And then in the, in the later films, the two never really interact. So it's like, they are siblings, but they don't, the series has never really done that much with it. Uh, with that fact. And uh, that is kind of a bummer because I feel like the two of them, like there's that moment in the last Jedi, it's only a moment, but uh, where he shows up and and, like they exchange a look and he gives her like a kiss on the forehead. And it's a really poignant moment made all the more poignant by the idea that they are 
twins, albeit mm-hmm. ones that weren't raised together, but like they do have that bond. Um, and I would have liked to see more of that just throughout the series in general, but I guess I understand why they didn't do it. So I realized I have two left on my list. And the reason okay. I like, you saw me like, so we're ramping up to something in the, in the climax of this episode. To, mm. not to give too much away and i seem to have accidentally left the two like biggest bummer or grossest twin movies for the okay. very end which is not my intention okay but um personal shopper is a movie in which uh christian stewart plays a character who has recently lost her twin brother to mm. a heart to a heart condition that she also has so we never see the twin or at least not in a corporeal form um uh, in in the movie but um uh, so that's a very sad one. And then yeah. one of the first movies I thought of, but also one of the grossest twin movies is Mark Waters, the house of yes, in which Josh Hamilton and Parker Posey play twins, uh, who I get, we're spoiling twin movies, uh, left and right here, sure. but, uh, twins who it turns out are also lovers. Nice. <laughs> no, it's not. It's very gross. Oh, I've misinterpreted what <laughs> you're saying. Um, yeah. Uh, I feel like that's happened in a couple of, things where uh like a brother is i've not seen i've seen one episode of game of thrones which is the first one which is like uh isn't there like a uh there's a brother and sister that are having sex but i I don't don't, remember if they're actually twins i'm trying to remember if jamie and cersei are twins i'm sure people uh who didn't stop watching after season five probably uh right probably could could remember that but i i don't remember if they're twins or not okay yeah it's uh and then now the last film that I have to talk about is the movie twins, which I've never seen. It's I haven't seen it in a long time. I remember thinking it was pretty good at the time, but I was young and fairly undiscerning uh, more than anything. It just seemed like an opportunity to be like, can you imagine a more mismatched pair than Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito? Now get this. They're twins. Here's the situation. It's not merely that they're fraternal twins. It's, it's that like, it was part of like this, this is the story of a comedy. Listen to this. Uh, like there was like a biological experiment uh, to create like the perfect spe- uh, like the perfect physical specimen. Um, but as, which means like removing like all of the undesirable elements. And as a result, like they got the fir- perfect physical specimen, but then all of the undesirable elements also became a kid. And so that's, that's Danny DeVito and, and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And so there's, there's this moment where Danny DeVito realizes what, what he is. And I, I have a very specific memory of him saying like, so I'm a side effect. And, uh, and it's like, this is a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is like some real Dr. Moreau terrifying stuff. Uh, but that's, I guess that's how it was. Cause I think that was the late eighties, early nineties. I don't remember exactly the year, but, uh, yeah, it's, they, they go so out of their way. It's like, no, see, this is how it's possible for them to be twins. And she's like, this is a real dystopian future you've set up for us. And then when they, when they made Ju- when they made junior and now it's like, now you get to see Arnold Schwarzenegger, but like he has a big pregnant belly and that's, and they don't establish how he's going to have this kid. Like, yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, he makes that one. Bo- I did see. Yeah. I, I did see and that also has Danny DeVito actually, but uh, yeah, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger makes all these like indirect body horror movies. Um, but uh but they're supposed to be delightful. And it's also Emma Thompson in, in yes. Junior. Yes. I love when like 
the classiest people like oh, yeah. have like i love that julian moore was in assassins <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you get uh peter o'toole and john hurt in king ralph <laughs> yeah oh and there's of course a million of those um yeah. but uh yeah so that's i i felt like we should end on the movie that's Good. that is called twins yeah um but yeah uh do, were there any left and i'm sure there are some that we're missing i never yeah, actually I'm sure saw there are I never saw the Betty Davis film Dead Ringer. Um, yeah, neither did I. So, and then there, there are others, but uh, those are the ones that I, that I have seen and that I remember. Yeah, that's a, oh, you know what? There's one more that I put on my list, even though they're not really main characters in the movie, it's just one extended fight scene, but The Matrix Reloaded has the oh, two sure. uh, uh, white-haired uh, twin fighters. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. It's kind of the same principle as uh the winklevi in that regard <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so uh so i think that's yeah i think that's it so listeners feel free in the comments section to let us know what we forgot obviously and you mentioned tv like you know there are tv shows that feature twins uh whether it be like one actor playing both or whatever but uh anyway so yes as david mentioned uh there is of course a reason why we're talking about this and so I'll say that if you are hearing this, uh, then that means that I am a father now um, to, yeah, to twin boys. Um, David, people can't see you. Stop making those goofy faces. You already know this. Um, but yeah, and so I, uh, Jen and I uh, were able, I won't tell the whole story, but we were able to uh, adopt uh, newborn boys. And, you know, there's... By the time you're hearing this, we're in the midst of a lot of paperwork, but um, but they are they are now ours, and so we're very excited for that. And uh, slash, just just ter- just terrified. Like it's, I, I'm very thrilled. But as of right now, what I've said is that like, you know the. the fatherhood and having children, much less two of them. Uh, they're fraternal, by the way. Um, but having two of them, uh, it's like, that's all an abstraction for me. Like the fun of it uh-huh. is the abstraction, but the idea of like cleaning up after them, it's like, well, I've cleaned up before. I know the concept of chores. So that's the reality in my mind. That's that I can get my head around. But the, the fun part of it, the, the watching them grow and develop like that is, that's still kind of, kind of, uh, intangible right now but nonetheless well, I mean, we're, we're very you've seen excited. all these movies so you've done the research absolutely absolutely dead ringers especially it's like no i get it i get it they're twin gynecologists by the way in dead ringers i don't think we ever mentioned that I, we might have said doctors but we didn't say yeah, gynecologists yeah. just in case you wanted an idea but um but no, you have to teach them how to yeah become gynecologists yeah uh you have to teach them how to fight keanu reeves sure <laughs> the things that sure. twins do yeah absolutely it's like okay Facebook. guys yeah get to uh, get ready to learn some magic because uh-huh. people, you're going to blow yeah. people's minds. Um, hunt witches. You got, they got hunt hunt witches. witches. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've actually been deleting my list as I went, so I don't actually know. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah. And so uh, I'm going to be taking some time off. I will be, as David says, on assignment um, so that I can, uh, so I can, this you is know. the part that I'm nervous about because as of this recording, we haven't entirely figured out sure, what, but what that's going to be. Yeah. David will figure it out. I trust him. And you, you guys, you All won't right. even, you won't even miss me. Oh yeah, um, I will. I will. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's good. That's nice of you to say. Um, but yeah, and I'm trying to think if there's anything 
else uh oh you know right. there's something else <laughs> i was I thinking of a different a thing no i wasn't i'm sorry um but uh yeah and so i will say their names uh we probably this is the part that i don't know yeah so we'll probably be sharing we probably won't be sharing photos of their faces on like facebook and social media and all that um but uh yeah so their names are and david doesn't know this so david yeah. don't don't like be enthusiastic because they're the names what? we've had have, we've have had you, them picked out for years who do you think i am I think you're someone who has a terrible poker face. I know that's, that's one thing I know about you. Um, so uh, their names are Dashiell Dean and Jasper Alexander. Oh, those are good names. Do you like them? Yeah. Okay. Dashiell, yeah. obviously, yeah, Dashiell. after uh, Dashiell Hammett. Uh, Jasper just being a name we liked. Um, it's, a, it's a good name. It is a fun name. So, and then Dean and it's is, hard to, like, what do you, like, Dashiell is Dash, right? Uh, yeah. Jasper is Jasper. Like, do you say Jas is a weird thing to say, right? Yeah, there's, if you say Jas, you might as well say Joss, which is a thing that people uh, will say, uh, or Jazz. Uh, but, uh, oh, but yeah, like, Jasper. Like my cat growing up. Yeah, sorry Jazz. about that. I wanted to avoid that. Um, <laughs> it's why I didn't tell you the names for so long. <laughs> uh, but no, it's. Uh, so sorry, it's Dashiell uh, Dean. Oh, which is uh, that's your my middle. It's my middle name. It's my uncle's, my grandpa's middle name, and uh, Jen's grandpa's name as well. And so that one was kind of a no-brainer. And then Alexander is uh, Jen's brother. Jasper Alexander. Okay. So there you go. Um, and uh, you know, I will say, I will say this. Uh, oh wow! So Jess. Jass's nickname, Jass, is, is his also initials. his yeah. initials. Yeah, and Dashiell's initials uh, means he's a dentist. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so he could have an office that says Dashiell Dean Smith DDS, and no one can technically sue him or uh, you know get him arrested or whatever. Um, or he could just yeah. be like, oh, uh, this is a law firm. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, and I will say that, again, by the time you're hearing this, uh, and, and uh, David, it occurs to me, I did not run this by you. Uh, so having twins and adopting them, uh, we weren't really planning on uh, like fundraising. Uh, but once we realize that like, oh, on top of the cost of adoption, we now have to buy two of almost everything. And uh, when you take these classes, you discover that tw twins means in the area of 150 diapers a week. A week. Wow. That's insane. Yes. We're going to try and use cloth where we can. Um, and I, I mean, you're... Uh Jenny's livelihood uh, comes from people gathering, which they're not yep. doing right now. So that's probably. Uh, uh, yeah, we've taken a bit of a. The, yeah, there's a lot of things that come into play, but uh, but at the same time, um, we uh, so we do we are doing like a fundraiser, which I will mention right now. I will post on Facebook and Twitter, and then that will be it, because uh, I don't like asking strangers for money, especially because we're not the only ones impacted by the current economy, and uh, so we want to try and uh, and be respectful of that, and I don't want anyone to i don't want anyone to think that i'm guilting them or anything like that it would just anything you could anything you could do would be appreciated fuck i don't even like saying this i hate this so much um we can cut this out maybe i don't know what do you think i don't think we should cut this out i also don't think we should cut this out all right <laughs> so i'm gonna have to start watching my language um 
because uh, yeah. for a while, right? Not for, not for a while, but you know what? Like I have friends who have kids and they said like they pick up on it a lot faster than you think. Uh, a friend of the show, Jason Eakin, was talking about how like his uh, his son went through a goddamn phase because he <laughs> because he said it once. So no, we're very excited. And incidentally, a lot of people over the over the last like couple of years have uh, have. Uh, when they find out that we've been pursuing adoption, they've been extremely encouraging and we uh, are very excited. We always wanted uh, two kids. Uh, we wanted two boys cause we both had brothers and that's kind of what we were ex- uh, exposed to. And so when we got the call uh, saying that it was going to be twin boys, we t- just lost our minds. And of course, despite the current economic circumstances not being perfect. It's like, well, we're not, we can't say no to this. And uh, we're very excited. Uh, And again, by the time you're hearing this, they're here. And uh, I, I'm so excited. Me too. I'm very excited. I mean, uh, uh, I haven't been as, negatively affected by the pandemic as, as you have, thank God, you know, knock on wood, uh, I have a lot of uh, privilege, but uh, who knows when I'll actually get to meet them in person. That's, that's, that's sad for me yeah. to realize. Yeah. It's uh, on a few levels. One is that like, just in general, the pandemic stuff, but also like twins, like they very seldom, I mean, pretty much never these days, let them go all the way, like full term. Like they do want them to uh, uh, deliver early and so uh, at that, by that time, like their immune system is pretty well developed, but it's still like, you don't want to be uh, introducing this other aspect, uh, this damp, potentially uh, hurtful aspect to them. So uh, yeah. And, uh, and adoption just pre- presents its own, its own kind of issues, which is like, they really encourage you, like even in under ideal circumstances, they encourage you to like limit the number of people that interact with them at first because they need to be able to connect with you first and a lot. So there's just going to be a lot of like shirtless holding them like skin to skin Mm, contact is a big thing. So, um, so exciting. Yeah. It's, I don't want to bore people. I've already like, I've, we've taken so many courses and it's, and it's, it's always interesting, but after a while it's like, I need to be careful that I'm not just spewing every single thing that I've learned because there's been a lot. So anyway, but yes, thank you for everybody for your uh, encouragement and well wishes. And I will, I will see you in a, a few weeks. Uh, yeah. Um, in the meantime, you can find us at battleshipretention.com. I have no idea at this time because I don't know when this sure. is posting. I don't know what's on the website. You can find me at battleshipretention.com. Find us at battleshipretention.com. Email us at david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com. Follow me, David, on Twitter at davypretension. Follow Tyler at tylerpretension. You, I don't know if you have anything to plug. You already mentioned the, not, uh, yeah. the link, which you can find on your Facebook mm-hmm. um, and your Twitter uh, at more lessons. I'm assuming mm-hmm. uh, your other Twitter. Uh, until then, uh, uh, first off, congratulations. Oh, thank you very I'm much. I'm getting all my fuckings out now <laughs> uh, before I have to watch my language. Yeah, uh, of course. Uh, thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.